Welcome back to this Triduum Liturgy today as we continue to be with Jesus by sharing in his passion and death. And thank you for tuning in with us today via live stream as well. You know, last evening we were with Jesus and his disciples in the upper room as Jesus gave himself, um, his body and his blood at the Passover meal and washed the feet of his disciples. He also gave us this mandatum. I have given you a model to follow so that as I have done for you, you should also do. And now today, this most humbling act of love in washing the feet of the disciples is brought to its fullest meaning, to a conclusion in humiliation. This act of love of yesterday is today most fully expressed on Calvary. Jesus walked the path from humility to humiliation. So today on Good Friday, we venerate that cross on which hung the Savior of the world. And in doing so, we see more than the man Isaiah describes. No stately bearing to make us look at him. No appearance that would attract us to him. Betrayed, abandoned, arrested, denied, accused. Was judged, condemned, stripped scourged, abused, he was degraded, mocked, jeered, pierced, nailed to a cross, humiliated before the whole world. But we see more than humiliation. We see once again his humility. The wood of the cross that we venerate today is the, is the ultimate humility for God. It's the symbol of the covenant God made with humanity. Through it, God descends into the full depravity of the human condition. He carries the weight, the full weight of our sinfulness. He experiences the full weakness of its flesh, the total disgrace of the judgment and humiliation, condemnation, suffering, and death and burial that is the destiny for us all. But what, what do we get in return? What do we get in return? Have you thought about that? What do you get in return? total immersion in his divine life. Freedom from eternal death and the promise of everlasting life with God for those who believe. Jesus stretching out his arms on the cross reveals clearly his covenantal love for each and every one of us. He died for you and he died for me, personally and individually. He shared for you and for me a love more powerful than betrayal, a grace stronger than sin. 
And even today, even today, Jesus' love for us is no less than the day he died. And he longs, he yearns, he desires for our love in return. On the cross, Christ's love was poured out completely, completely. And as Pope Francis tweeted today, he said, gaze upon the outstretched arms of Christ crucified and let yourself be saved over and over and over again. You know, if Jesus could have done anything more, he would have done so. His thirst for us on the cross 2,000 plus years ago remains his thirst for you and me today. He is thirsting for us. He is thirsting for us. You know, on this Good Friday, the Passion narrative, and not just today, but throughout last Sunday and today, the Passion narrative reveals betrayal. The betrayal of Judas and the betrayal of Peter. Even after Jesus knelt before them and washed their feet, even after Jesus served them with love, they responded with betrayal. Both of them. Was one worse than the other? I don't think so. Because betrayal is betrayal. No matter how you look at it, betrayal is betrayal. But there was one difference between the two. Peter wept. Judas despaired. Judas couldn't forgive himself and he did not trust in the Lord's love and mercy. His despair led to hopelessness that led to his death. And Peter, even though he was not standing at the foot of the cross where he should have been with Jesus, his own weeping led to sorrow which then led to repentance, to forgiveness and mercy. What about us? What about us? What about our betrayal? Have we thought about that? The seeds of betrayal are sown in a hardened and selfish heart. And when they sprout, we are always led to sin. Because sin is a rejection of God's love for us. Sin is a rejection of the crucified Lord. Sin is a betrayal of trust that leads us away from being who we are called to be. It leads to a rejection of the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, in preparing for this homily, as I reflected upon the betrayal of Judas and Peter, I was reminded of the many ways throughout my life in which I betrayed Jesus. The many ways in which I rejected his love and mercy. 
the many ways in which, I, which led to seeking the seductive lures of our culture. And I found myself praying, Lord Jesus, some of the stripes on your back are the result of my sin. Some of the stripes on your back are the result of my own betrayal of you. Jesus, lead me not to the despair of Judas, but to the repentance of Peter. You know, this Good Friday teaches us this lesson. It's a lesson which St. Teresa of Calcutta wrote about in her I Thirst meditation, these words that are coming from the lips of Jesus speaking to each one of us. And I quote, no matter how far you may wander, no matter how often you forget me, no matter how many crosses you bear in this life, there is one thing I want you to always remember, one thing that will never change. I thirst for you, just as you are. You don't need to change to believe in my love, for it will be your belief in my love that will change you. You forget me, and yet I'm seeking you every moment of the day, standing at the door of your heart and knocking. Do you find this hard to believe? Then look at the cross. Look at my heart that was pierced for you. Have you not understood my cross? Then listen again to the words I spoke there, for they tell you clearly why I endured all this for you. I thirst. It's the end of the quote. We don't have to change to believe in his love for it will be our faith in his love and mercy that will change us. Jesus has loved us to the end in a quite radical way. I mean, has there ever been a more radical love, ever? You know, to be honest, our lives make absolutely no sense apart from the cross of Jesus Christ. By the cross of Jesus, the very heart of God is displayed. Jesus surrendered it all in obedience to his Father. In doing so, he takes on, he takes upon himself the evil, the filth, the sin of the whole world, including ours. He takes upon himself this whole coronavirus pandemic and he cleanses it with his blood and mercy and the love of the Father. He transforms it and he transforms us. We must wait in holy patience. So friends, if this if this mercy is to come alive for each of us, this mystery is to become alive for each of us, 
we must enter into it in such a way that its meaning deeply penetrates our own hearts anew. We must pray for this grace, that this mystery deeply penetrates our hearts anew. Lord Jesus, give us this grace today. Give us this grace today. But Jesus also invites us into something else. On the cross, as Jesus offered himself to the Father, he invites us to offer our sufferings for the whole world as well. We know, we read in the scriptures, Jesus looked over Jerusalem and wept. He looks down upon this world, especially right now, in this world pandemic, and he weeps. I mean, one can't imagine the sadness in the Lord's heart right now. Have we thought about that? One can't imagine the sadness in the Lord's heart right now while much of the world is in some form of quarantine a quarantine that has closed the doors of our churches, a quarantine that has left, kept his people from the sacrament they love most, the Eucharist, a quarantine that has closed down our society and our economy, a quarantine that has taken the lives of so many people. But this pandemic, as the Holy Father has stated, it could be a moment of creativity and conversion for the church, conversion for the world, a conversion for the whole of creation. I think in all of it, in the midst of it, there's a new invitation from the Lord in all of this. I believe the invitation is to reclaim or to claim for the first time for ourselves the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the invitation to claim or reclaim for ourselves the cross of Jesus Christ individually and as a society. Jesus' cross must be claimed by each of us, whereby, in the words of St. Paul, we complete what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is, the church. In this moment, we have the opportunity to do so, in this moment, in this time, as we offer our suffering for the many who are putting their lives on the line during this coronavirus pandemic, those many caretakers, those many healthcare professionals, as well as those who are facing death and those who have died, those who are suffering with them. You know, it's easy for us to complain about our inconveniences of staying at home and having our activities limited. Let us claim the cross of Jesus Christ. But as Jesus looks down upon this world, he also sees other areas of the world where Christians are being killed in his name. And he weeps. They seem to be forgotten in this whole epidemic. But that too is an epidemic in other parts of the world. 
places where many who have, who have truly embraced Jesus are being persecuted for their faith, places where men and women and children are fleeing from war and violence who only often find death. Jesus' suffering and death was for them too. And these, my friends, are also places where we can be united with Jesus at the cross, offering our own sufferings for them. We offer our suffering so that God's plan may be completed and his word will be spread among the peoples. On this day especially, we want to be close to all who are suffering at this time. So as we gather, we offer our prayers for each one of them. And finally, as we approach the cross of Jesus today, let us confidently approach this throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace. As we venerate the cross of Jesus here in this cathedral today, I invite you at home to venerate a cross that is there. And let yourself be saved over and over and over again. Because while the arms of Jesus are open on the cross to embrace us, the Lord's passion is not a sign of loss or despair, but it's one of hope and triumph. It's one of forgiveness and salvation. It's one of mercy and love. So friends, may we always be deeply and profoundly grateful.